Mindfulness can also be a way to help you achieve orgasm while you're having sex, getting super mindful about what it feels like, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're tasting, what you're smelling can be one way to help achieve orgasm while you're having sex. Another like thing is orgasm shouldn't be the end goal of sex. Pleasure should be the goal of sex. Having connection should be, or I shouldn't say should, but could be why you're having sex. It doesn't necessarily, orgasm does not need to be the reason you're having mm-hmm. sex. Orgasm. And also orgasm and ejaculation don't, don't happen simultaneously. One can happen without the other. Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Today, we are doing our first live podcast recording with a wonderful room of guests. And I am so excited to be joined by my friend, Lauren. She is a licensed therapist and also the founder of Oh Yeah Coaching. And I have my new friend, Erica Butler, who is a sex educator here from Columbus, Ohio, which is where we are recording from here today. And we are answering all of your favorite questions. So let's Let's do it. Let's just get right into it. Let's get our first question here. These are from our audience. Mm -hmm. So how do you stay positive while dating? Not letting yourself get discouraged when first dates don't work out or when swiping apps doesn't seem fruitful. Who can relate to that, first of all? Me. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm a good person to do this right now because I'm dating. Well, I'm not really dating, but I'm trying to. (laughs) And at this point, I think maybe I should date women. But so what I started doing to like stay more positive while I'm dating is I get ready for me. I do things for me. I don't say, oh, I need to get ready and look beautiful for this person. Like I say, I want to feel confident. I want to feel good. There was times in my life, like back in the day when I'd have invite people over, I would clean my whole house and I'd want them to think like, this is what this is. And then I'd, I'd put all this, like, I mean, I didn't put makeup on, but I would, I would think of them and I needed to perform for them and show up a certain way. And I'm not performing anymore. I'm not auditioning for love anymore. I am doing everything for me. And if you show up and you, (laughs) instead of me being like, please like me and please love me. It's like, do I like you? Do you check any of these boxes? So that's how I'm trying to positively date. It's still going to be a struggle and exhausting. And it seems like there's not as many capable men as they're (laughs) capable women, but I also have to change my mindset. There is somebody out there for me. It's like just going to take time because everything takes time. So, yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, and I would also say too, you know, it's a numbers game. So for every 10 people you meet, maybe one of those you even have a connection with. Mm -hmm. I went on a, actually a first date two weeks ago and nobody knew about that, did they? (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. And it was the first time where I was like, oh, you're cool. But like, my pussy doesn't tingle. Mm-hmm. There's no tingle. I'm Absolutely. like, next. That's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. 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 The question is, do I only want to have the emotional connection or does my pussy need to tingle too? My pussy's, my pussy's got to tingle. So there will be no date too. Yeah. Pussy tingle is real. But sometimes the personality is worth a date too. And then maybe the pussy tingle on date too. You never know. Sometimes you just, you know, that just means that your pussy is choosy. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I want to add I also, yeah, I think there's an also an element of not being too, like you have to be really open-minded and almost go into a date without any expectation. Yes, have your expectations and stuff, but also be opening to having fun. Mm-hmm. And mate, you're right. Maybe on date two is when the pussy tangles and, and not the first one. Expensive. Food is expensive. Mm. I also have mixed feelings you about that too. Food. Why? You don't like taking advantage of people like that? No. Um, I have zero concern. If you came to the date, it's a possibility you may have to pay. You should be prepared. It ain't always going to yes. happen, but be prepared. But I also you should willing, be here if you can't pay. I'm also willing to pay half of it. No, I mean, I get that, but also get your free meal. I'm here for it. Whatever you feel comfortable with. I like free food. That's just where I'm at in my life. <laughs> but I'm also not dating. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm a date for a meal though. Oh, shit. Down to eat. Is that what it is? Not DTF. Down to eat. Because let's go. Where are we going? Who are you, where are you taking me? Where are we going? 
Oh my goodness. So our next writer asked, how do you ask to eat the ass too? That's a great question. Give it to us. I mean, it depends. Here's the situation. If you just met them, a work up to the ass conversation. You know I mean? I feel like we talked about this earlier. It's in enough songs. People aren't surprised by it coming up in conversation a little more casually. But a lot of people don't like butt shit. And so it's like a, you, if, you st- if you come out the gate, like, so do you eat ass or not? Nah? Like, that's a little strong. You got to work your way up. So you talk about all the different, like, let's just talk about foreplay in general. What does that look like for you? And see if they naturally find their way there. And then if they don't say, okay, well, I found that I like this. How do you feel about this? Is that something you're interested in? Have you ever done it before? How did that go for you? Good, bad, or otherwise? And then you just keep it moving. And if you are okay with their responses, then you can proceed to let them eat your pussy or your ass or wherever they're going. Just make sure it's not one after the other. They all wash out their mouth. Because a lot of people don't understand hygiene. It's basic, but they don't get it. They still don't. Nobody knows how to keep things safe and clean. I will also add Or brush their teeth. They need to brush their teeth. Before or after, because that can make a difference too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think... Are you talking about aftercare? Sexual aftercare? No, no, no. Brushing your teeth. Oh, brushing your teeth. Yeah, I mean, both. Sure. Don't come to the event unprepared. Brush for both. Is it true that if you brush your teeth before that you could potentially have an increased risk of STI. I mean, there's a possibility, but that normally would happen if you already have like issues with your gums. If you know that your gums ain't healthy, let's just go ahead and keep that seal there. It's like the elephant that keeps dirt on their body so that the, the bugs can't get them or the infection can't happen. If I don't put the water on my skin, then the mud prevents me from getting all the things. It's like that with your gums. If you got bad gums, don't brush your teeth before you put your mouth on people's body parts. It may not be the freshest, but I promise you, you won't be transmitting things because there's the coating that's protecting you. Also, please brush your teeth and floss more regularly. <laughs> we are grown ass adults. I feel like, again, I've been with the same person for 16 years, but if, you, if that's not a basic, if you don't brush your teeth regularly, the flossing is, okay, we could talk about that. We can work to that. But if you don't brush your teeth regularly, then I'm sorry. There's so many more things that are already going to be downhill, in my opinion. We can't do basic hygiene. I can't dress you in a lot of ways. So figure out how you want to evaluate that for yourselves. Mm. But the more open and naturally you can let the conversation flow, the easier it is. It puts less pressure on you. Yes. What's so this, like? Mm. You know, that's the question right there. That could have been my answer. Do you do that at a first date? What's for sure. like? Absolutely. I mean, I do because it's a priority. I do that. Like, also, again. how do you define sex? Right. Because sex isn't yeah. just P and the V. Not sex at all. Sex is so much more. So much it's more. making out. It's yeah. fingering. It's like, it's anything that's sexual. Yeah. So sex isn't just P and the V. What is sex? Is it power? Is it control? Is it sensual? Is it, it's so much more than what we've ever been taught. Our next Preach. question. What is the best way to have an orgasm during sex? I've never mm-hmm. had an orgasm from sex. Eight to 10% of people that have vaginas have orgasms specifically from insertion alone. It's a very low number. It's usually the clit or the nipples or the multi. Like, you know, if you're stimulating multiple parts of your body, that's where the sensation comes from and your experience comes from versus insertion directly. I'm also somebody who's like masturbated the same way over and over my almost my whole entire life. So to be with a man, it's almost like it doesn't get me there. Mm -hmm. I also haven't found the right man to explore with either. But we talked about this earlier. Mindfulness can also be a way to help you achieve orgasm while you're having sex, getting super mindful about what what it feels like, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're tasting, what you're smelling can be one way to help achieve orgasm while you're having sex. Another like thing is orgasm shouldn't be the end goal of sex. Pleasure should be the goal of sex. Having connection should be, or I shouldn't say should, but could be why you're having sex. It doesn't necessarily, orgasm does not need to be the reason you're having mm-hmm. sex. Orgasm. And also orgasm and ejaculation don't, don't happen simultaneously. One can happen without the other. I think that when it comes to orgasm, we are taught that it ends with ejaculation. Mm-hmm. It ends with orgasm, but mm-hmm. that's just not true at all. And it can end at any point whenever like you are complete or your partner is complete or the experience is complete. So I think that we have to separate the two Mm -hmm. and just fucking enjoy the experience and just, Ooh. So our next question, how do you tell your partner you need more spontaneous sex without offending them? 
This one's tricky because if you've been with somebody for a while, like spontaneous sex necessarily is going to decrease. Like life's busy. People have kids, stress, like daily lives. You get in a sex rut. Like the idea of spontaneous sex actually really isn't, is kind of a myth. It is in the beginning. It's probably a little bit more spontaneous. You could schedule sex. You could schedule intimate days. You can schedule spontaneous days. Or you could be like, this week, it's your turn to initiate. Next week, it's your turn to initiate. But it's definitely all about conversation and trying to figure out what works best for the relationship. I would also add to that, you know, you brought up scheduled sex. When we think of scheduled sex, so many times we think of that as like not spontaneous. That time is really connection time with your partner that can be utilized anyway and can be a really good time to maybe have that spontaneous sex. So maybe that connection time is like going for a hike and you might fuck in the woods. Whoa. Say it. Oh, have you ever done that before? Huh? Say what? I did it in the forest in the the Dominican Republic. I'm just getting mulch out of my ass for a week. I was scared of the snakes. (laughs) Snakes. I didn't even think about them. Mosquito bites on my vulva. God damn. Y'all taking me back. It was rude. I didn't like it. I have repellent on. I don't understand why they found me. You, my daddy told me it's because I'm sweet. (laughs) That wasn't in relation to the sex thing. Just in general. Thank my you. dad is told I'm me. My, I just felt like I needed to specify the order of the statement was not appropriate. He's been telling me my whole life, "You're so sweet. That's why mosquitoes love you." So that's how I rationalized why I had mosquito bites on my vulva. So I fucked in the woods. That's a very true story. What? Which part? Wait, I mean, which all part? of all of it is true. Wait, which part are you surprised? You actually had a mosquito bite on your vulva? Yeah. Oh, I was just joking. Oh no. <laughs> Okay, I thought we were sharing a moment. Don't do that shit. It was real. I was like, God damn it. All right. So, should I feel guilty for sleeping with multiple men Never. in one weekend? Should I have finished? Never. Nope. Zero. Nope. Not an yes. inch. Not an inch of guilt. What Take about it as a much day? as you want. Huh? How many? How sure, many never. You should never feel guilty about how many people you sleep not with. Not even an hour. Ever. Not, not even in an hour. Minutes. Not in 10 minutes. Not all at the same time. This shit don't matter. Congratulations. Put it all in having hole. fun. I hope yes. it is consensual. As long as it's consensual. Yeah. That's the only concern I have. Consensual. Let it be that. And then enjoy. And I think that if we're saying should, we're adding judgment. We're putting yeah. judgment well, into the type of sex that we're having. Right. When... What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. I, Are you having yeah, fun? I don't care about everybody consent to be there? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, this is about your experience and what you want. So, like, make it whatever the fuck you want. And if that means Same. that you, I mean, I, I got stories for days mm-hmm. that have not been on the podcast. But that's the next season, y'all. Stay tuned. <laughs> I think that whatever makes you feel good and whatever you want. Also, I'm going to go back. I'm going I'm to call back up statement that you said about having the same type of sex with yourself for a long time. But you deserve a switch up. You deserve a switch up with yourself, whether it's a toy, a position, a whatever. I'm too lazy. adventurous with yourself because that just knowing what that feels like in general, like what the vibe of being spontaneous and adventurous with yourself is a good feeling. And I think if it originated there, then maybe people would be a little more open to it in a relationship when it involved other people. You know, switch it up however you need to, to whatever degree you feel comfortable with. But switch it up, though. I'm going to go back to shame. So I encourage people to also like journal about their shame. Like ask, where is this coming from? Whose voice is it in? Why is it shameful? Like explore it, unpack it, like figure out why it's even there. Because half the time the shame isn't even yours. It's a patriarchal bullshit, you know, like like, you've been been carrying somebody else's bullshit for years. Family lineage, like. It's the systems that Mm -hmm. put the shit on us and it's not yours to carry. So let that shit go. And if you can't let it go right away, just try to imagine what it would feel like to let it go and then we'll get yourself there. Like however you need to, that journey isn't very simple for a lot of people, but be kind to yourself and get through it how you need to. But just try to like imagine what life could be like if you didn't believe this one thing. Because when you think about it, it impacts so much more than just sex, right? Like sexuality is a part of every part of our identity. It's probably one of the biggest topics, I think, of the world. And people don't talk about it enough, probably because they're scared shitless of it. And that's fine. That's why we're here to fuck shit up and make people uncomfortable. I will be doing that until I can't talk. And then I will probably just chat GBT that shit. So I don't care. (laughs) Y'all been just going to hear me forever. It's fine. (laughs) 
But I do think like there's a, we don't really talk about the origin point of the beliefs that we have within us. Like we didn't give them to ourselves. Somebody gave them to us, whether it was through trauma, through messaging, through media, through all of it, it doesn't matter. And at some point we deserve to be free of that. So whatever that looks like for you, I hope you find that. But be kind to yourself through that. Yes. I'm glad that you guys asked that. And we talked about shame because I think that so many of us have shame about something sexual that we've either worked through, are working through, or continue to have. Mm -hmm. And so addressing the shame that you are experiencing in relation to sex and being aware of it, like that's the first step is identifying what you're holding on to and being aware of it. If you don't know what you don't know, you don't know that you have it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I actually want to go back to something that Lauren said a little bit ago about doing the same thing. So I wrote a post recently on Instagram about the pleasure rabbit hole. Mm. And I talked about this on a recent podcast as well. But when you do the same thing over and over and over again, your body has this pathway, these neural pathways that happen. And you have to retrain it Mm -hmm. to experience pleasure in new ways. So if you're somebody who maybe has never had an orgasm with a partner, or it's really difficult and you can only orgasm in one position, that's me. I am still working on this actively. But you can try to receive pleasure in different ways. So when you are self-pleasuring, do different things and see how they feel and explore that. Yes, I know Lauren says she's too lazy to do that. If you're single, put some time in your calendar and it's like exploration time. If you had a partner, you'd be doing shit with your partner. Well, maybe. Schedule. A lot of people don't do that. Tired of fucking myself. (laughs) Yeah. It's intimacy. Like it's not just fucking yourself. This is intimacy and connecting with yourself. That's what I was going to say too. I think that however you receive pleasure, even if it's not like insertion, if you are a skin hungry person and you like to cuddle and you like to hug and you like to, somebody to smack your ass when they walk by you, whatever it is, get more of that in your life because it will then inadvertently impact your sex, right? Because intimacy starts way before penis and vagina, if that's the type of sex you're having, right? Or even if you're just having it with yourself, be like, girl, you look good. Come on now. Look at yourself in the mirror. Turn some angles. Do Do stuff for yourself. I have to do, I've been with the same person for 16 years. This man love me whether I'm 500 pounds more or 20 pounds. It doesn't matter. I I know that that's the type of partner that I have, but it ain't about what you love. I have to love it or it doesn't matter, right? So even in a relationship that I've been in for a very long time, I still have to work on me. I can't just rely on him to give me affirmations. That shit don't work. That's not real. You know, that's not genuine, right? So like you have to do that whether you're with somebody or not, but also know that intimacy doesn't have to be physical. Intimacy is in you know, going to a movie or taking a walk or like having a cup of coffee in the morning with yourself or other people, like whatever it is, intimacy doesn't even have to be with a romantic partner. Even within your friendships, you feel intimacy and that feeds you in a lot of ways that you don't realize. So expand what intimacy means. I think. Yeah. And yeah. receive pleasure in other yeah. ways outside of sex. Like, yes, sex is pleasurable, but like Drinking your coffee can be pleasurable. Sure can. Cooking for yourself and nourishing yourself can be really fucking pleasurable. Not a great book. I don't either. I don't either. But for me, like walking the beach is extremely pleasurable. And when you open up like your way of receiving pleasure and Mm -hmm. it's not directly attached to sexual encounters, Mm -hmm. your fucking life and like happiness and overall pleasure is so much greater. Yeah. And... Endorphins are real, y'all. And so much we're depending on our partners to to fulfill all of those needs for us. And we have to work on fulfilling them ourselves. It comes back to the mindfulness. It's adding it. That pleasure is the mindfulness. It's yeah. the here and the now. No, no, you can just say it ain't your partner's job to get you off. Mm-hmm. Know that shit for yourself and then explain. That's all. That's it. But how do you know that? Yeah, definitely explore. And I mean, that's going to evolve. Right. Like what I know right now is that I like this. And truthfully, what you may like with yourself, you may not like when another Mm -hmm. person is there, but you ain't going to know if you don't say anything. Right. So like if you're if you are exploring in positions with toys, imagine what it would be like if that toy was attached to a body. What position would they need to be in for you to feel that same angle, that same whatever? I put my toy on my pregnancy pillow. Well, 
Let me tell y'all about pregnancy pillows and wedges. Amen. You should know about them. You should love them. You should embrace them. Yes. And the little couches that they be making for the kids. It's real expensive. That shit work good too. They have pillows you can yeah. put a dildo in. And, and then they sure it. do. Yeah. They should do. Yeah. I mean, you know, get adventurous if you want. But I just, you know, you got to think about if the toy you're using to simulate yourself was attached to a body, what does that look like? So then you can communicate that. And if you only want that position to exist for you in that toy, then amen, more power to you. So our next question is, how do you talk to kids about music lyrics? It's not hidden like in the 90s. I don't even know if I was supposed to be the one that took this answer, but I'm going to take it. You have kids. So, so yeah, I know. They're six and three. It's like we're listening to Ariel for days. So I'm an Ariel baby. I'm a Disney baby. Full aware of how toxic Disney is and all the movies I grew up on were trash. But I love them nonetheless. Having the education that I do about what media literacy is and how to exist with that knowledge has allowed me to still love Disney and not take the toxic messages. So The Little Mermaid, for example, she didn't need to lose her voice to get that man. He ain't worth it no way. Have you seen Eric? He trash. What is he even doing? In the recent one, which I love, this is going to be a spoiler, Holly save herself. The shit is trash. Why the black woman got to save herself? We do that shit every day. Can't somebody else do it? I'm just saying there are messages that are not great. So when we sing Kiss the Girl, this version in 2023 is far less creepy and has more consent because they changed the language. But that shit was horrible when we were growing up. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna have these conversations, use them as what we like to call a teachable moment. Okay, so what did that do you even hear what they're saying? I got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. They don't know what half the words are anyway. They jam it if they like the beat, and that's where we're at. But when they get older, the question will be: so what did you hear in that song? What made you feel uncomfortable? What do you understand? What do you have questions about? And then just start, if you set a, if you set a stage for them to critically analyze, that's all they mean, right? You just have to show them that they can question things because our society doesn't give us the understanding that like we can question what they're telling us. It's just given to us and they'll be like, okay, we'll take it and build your life around it. Great. Because we know all the answers. No, you actually don't. I think there's also a protection piece. We try to protect all our little ones. And when in reality, it's like we're not protecting them. We're harming them by not letting them express themselves or ask questions or explore it. Um, The more knowledge they have, the safer they're going to be. There's like a statistic around parents need to be teaching their kids sex ed for them to actually listen to it instead of learning it in school or outside of it. So like the parent is the best person for them to learn their sex education from. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been decades of research that shows that kids want to learn that. And when I say kids, I mean, teenagers want to learn this stuff from their parents anyway. And half the teenagers ain't talking to their parents on a regular day anyway. So the fact that they're still answering these surveys is like, yeah, I think I would much rather get this response from mom and dad versus the locker room. I promise you, they've been getting them from not factual people in situations for years. There's a lot of unlearning that we all have to do. Even as adults, we have to understand that the porn we're seeing is not real. And so starting that conversation with kids early is is good because if you're questioning media in general, then by the time porn finds them, which is like eight or nine now, then they'll automatically have in their repertoire how to question what they're seeing because it's like their standard. You know, so if you talk about it around basic stuff, we analyze Daniel Tiger, y'all. How'd that make you feel? You gonna take that song and hold it in your heart for when the day is bad? Who's this? Daniel Tiger. Y'all don't know about Daniel Tiger? No. I mean, that's fair. It's a PBS show that's oh. meant to that's meant to build emotional intelligence. So there's a, every episode is about some sort. It's like a group of friends. They are, they all animals. Obviously, Daniel is a tiger, <laughs> and he got a lot of friends, and they jealous about a lot of things because kids be jealous all the time. So it's helping them kind of figure out what that looks like. So, for example, my daughter just had her f- fourth birthday, and my son was like, "Well." Why are we celebrating Dia and not me? I said, your month is November. June is for your sister. And he goes, you know what? You're right. I can be a birthday helper. I said, where'd you get that? Daniel Tiger. Amen. Sing the song. And we sang it all weekend. Every time he felt that little twinge of jealousy, he sang that song and he was a better brother to his sister. You know, so it's like stuff like that. But if we wouldn't have that conversation or that like repertoire built with each other, that relationship, that wouldn't have even happened. He just would have been mad and tearing shit up for no reason. And we wouldn't have known why. Because he wouldn't have known he could talk about it. You see what I'm saying? So then as that builds, as he gets older, when shit gets real and it ain't Daniel Tiger, it's porn. We'll have that conversation too. Yeah. Are you ready to start understanding yourself better? 
learning and recognizing your patterns and really develop a relationship with yourself. If this sounds like you, the Unleashing My Power, a women's empowerment and gratitude journal is for you. This journal was specifically curated for women just like you to help you take back your power and develop and go to the next level in life. My friend Danielle and I created this journal because of our own experiences and what we were looking for in a daily practice to improve our connection to self and really become connected with ourselves. This is game-changing and the feedback that we are getting from other women who have started using this journal is absolutely amazing. You can find it on Amazon or you can go to jordandonnell.com slash journal and it'll take you right there. I hope you enjoy. Be sure to go snag yours right away and leave me a review. Tell us what you think about it. Slide in the DMs. I know that your life will change when you start using this journal. So our next question is... What is some guidance for women considering DP or double penetration? So some guidance for double penetration. I think it's really setting your boundaries and your expectations in consent and like really involving communication with the people that you are choosing to do this with. And so I think that that's one of the really big things. But then in terms of like preparing, preparing, well, I haven't experienced it yet. It's on my bucket list, but I think it's just like, boom, this is what's coming to mind for me. A toy during penetration or like anal and a toy at the same time that can give you that same experience, but it not necessarily be to humans. So I think that would be a really, really good way to experience that and practice with it. You could even do two toys if you wanted to try that Mm -hmm. as well. But as far as like actually physically preparing when it comes to like anal fiber, lots of fiber regularly. I've done a few podcast episodes about this. How do you guys feel about douching the anal cavity? So I think that it gets a bad rap because there's like the, what are they called? The little yoni people that be steaming shit all the time. Okay. I've stumped. I've I've seen. (laughs) That's saying get that and pass it on the internet. I've stumped. Yes, ma'am. It's not that it's a bad thing, but I do think that some people, your vagina is a self-cleaning organism. You don't actually need the steaming for it to like be regulated. If you want to do that, perfectly fine. That ain't for everybody because the steam could fuck up your pH for a fucking year and you don't know why. So I think that you have to know your body to know whether or not that's for you. Generally, I don't think they're bad, but a lot of people throw a lot of stuff in it that they don't need because it smells nice. I think that the conversation about understanding your body parts and how they take care of themselves is is a thing already. I think that the douching for the anus comes in more so because people just don't like shit. They don't like shit. And so they're nervous. They'd be like, it should be clean. But you are having anal sex and poop comes out of an anus. It's just anatomy. I had There's a- really no other way that it can exit your body. So there's parts of you that just have to be okay yep. with <laughs> that being a part of the process. I don't know what to tell you. You can't avoid that. I had Douching also doesn't stop it. <laughs> so, poop still come out after the douche. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I had a partner that always said, if you stick your hand in a cookie jar, you're probably going to get a cookie. And that's what he said when he was putting it in the butt. He's like, it might happen. It's part. It's a risk. And you understand the risk. I hope that answered the question. Hit me up on the DM if you need it later. Yes. Also, vaginal douching, do not recommend. Not Don't do it. Not at all. Zero. Not at all. Not at all. Um, okay, I'm going on a quick rant about it. that. That's I am so here. sick of the bullshit that social media and marketing companies are pushing to women about their bodies and how they should smell and how they should act. Shit shouldn't should smell like roses, the fucking vagina. I'm sorry. But it's true. Like, God damn. it's bullshit. Yeah. And they are making money off of women's yep. insecurities. And Absolutely. I don't agree with it. There ain't no douche for a penis because that shit smell bad too. You've been sweating all day. Your balls is nasty. And I'll still put them in my mouth. Take one of these, put some soap on it, wash it, 
Why I gotta be stuck with your shit? <laughs> Meanwhile, I got a whole industry that's like, make it smell like flowers. Fuck y'all. What is your most taboo sex kink? I feel like I have... It's not taboo to me. I don't feel yeah. like anything that I like is taboo. It's not. So okay, so I don't have just one. Tie me up, spank me, tell me I'm a good girl. Put a blindfold on me. Go down on me when I haven't showered in two days. Mm -hmm. That's probably, those are probably mine. I want you to go next. You know, I think for me, anything that's connected to my body is like, I'm just happy that I can be aroused at this point. I mm. think after feeling like a cow with two different kids, like my, cause my kids was like milk on milk on milk on milk. I was literally feeding nine children in the city at one point with my daughter. I had so much milk. It was exhausting. I couldn't be away from the house for more than 45 minutes at a time because I had to be by a pump or I was like exploding in the beginning. And so figuring out that regulation, this is a little sidebar, but it's been hard for me to know like what my kink is because I don't really feel attached to my body yet. And a lot of stuff, like I had placenta privia with my second pregnancy. And so I couldn't have an orgasm for my entire pregnancy because it could rupture the placenta and then I could bleed out and die. So then like my direct, as a sex educator, my direct connection to pleasure and orgasm was death. And so after that's PTSD that's lasted for much longer than I'm proud to admit, then I got COVID. And so an orgasm led me to like needing all of my inhalers all the time because I couldn't breathe. So then I think for me, I'm just happy to be, hey, I want this shit right now. Hey, man, you ready? I'm ready. I got a rose. If you ain't, it's fine. <laughs> and so I think that I don't necessarily think that it's a kink, but I don't think people talk enough about what happens to your body impacts you. You can't that this bounce back culture is bullshit. There's so much that goes on with your body that you don't even understand outside of pregnancy, just like health in general, like getting older is kind of weird sometimes. And your body changes in ways that you are not prepared for. So I think for me, while it's not a kink, I try to openly talk about those experiences so it normalizes things for people. Because sometimes just being able to feel arousal is like, that's my shit. <laughs> Because it happened on Tuesday, bitch. Like, and I'm real excited. <laughs> so I just try to live in the moment and take the moments as they come. Because I'm sure I'll get back to it eventually, but it's going to take a lot of therapy and I'm okay with that. So that's my kink. Loving to feel aroused at all in general. Peace. I'm out. I would say for me, my most taboo sex kink is multiple men at the same time. But you haven't, you said, oh no, that's I have not had double penetration. Okay. okay. But I've done some other shit. Yeah, amen. Amen. And it was great. Yeah. 10 out of 10 recommend. 10 out of 10 recommend. If you haven't done it, give it a try. Well, it was a lot of communication. It can be exhausting. But yeah. But it was actually, um, I'll talk about the experience. Actually, it was really fun because my partner coordinated all of it. Oh, nice. Okay. And I just showed up and he told me exactly what to do. And I just showed up. Okay. Which is also probably a kink. Like, just yeah. tell me what the fuck you want me to do. Don't make me plan it. <laughs> yeah. Open the door, get naked. Yeah. I'll be there. I like that. Like, okay, <laughs> deal. Yeah. It was all men or other girls? This was two men. Okay. Yep. This is a particular experience. Yeah. Good question. I'm so excited for this one. My previous partner enjoyed pegging. I didn't think I would enjoy, but I did. How do I ask my new partner to try it? Okay. So what I would suggest doing in this situation is kind of like, one, you could just straight up ask. Or two, you can kind of be like, what do you think about this? I saw this. Would you be interested in trying this with me? If it's an immediate like no, um, sometimes you have to respect people's immediate no's. But there also is room for exploration. Being like, are you willing to like watch some videos on this? Are you willing to talk about this? Are you willing to use just a finger? What is your level of exploring? Because sometimes people just don't want to do things because they have zero knowledge on it. Or there's a lot of homophobia as well that they need to unpack. Oh, definition of pegging is, I mean, you put a dildo on and you fuck the man is pegging. In the ass. In the ass. Sorry. In the ass. Yeah. So like I would put a strap on on and then fuck my dude in the ass. And that's pegging. And a lot of... Consensually. Consensually, yes. And a lot of men can With have really good orgasms. Um, what is the gland? What is the prostate? Prostate. Um, but a lot of men are like, don't touch my booty hole because that's homophobic. So there's all, there's a lot to uh, unpack around that too sometimes Same. as well. The prostate gland is technically the male G-spot, but you can only access it through the booty. So they don't get that pleasure a lot because men are weird. 
with but, that stuff. But the men who are open to it, I think really yeah, it opens it. their eyes. Yeah. To a lot of it's things. Just, it's not like just getting them there to that. No, that's not what I mean. But at the same time, think about how many times in your life you're like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And then you finally did it and you're like, oh my God, I did not allow myself to receive that type of sensation or pleasure mm-hmm. because I was in my own head about that mm-hmm. and what it quote means. That's why I have the most nerve endings is their booty hole. Ours is the clearest. We have more nerve endings in our clitoris and they do in their penis and testicles combined there's a thing out there about eight thousand nerve endings that was on animals so don't cow the cow actually yeah thank you so don't worry about the number just know that we out here winning the game okay because the only purpose of the clitoris is for sexual arousal so you can say what you want but my creator gave me arousal amen um she knows exactly what she was doing and amen thank you for that so i think that sometimes you know again the blockage comes from not understanding anatomy Right. Because if people knew that this is actually like where you can experience the most pleasure, I feel like maybe more people would be open to it because in this country specifically, circumcision takes away their sensitivity before they can even say yes or no in the delivery room. And so unless your parent chose to allow you to make that decision for your body later in life and kept you with your foreskin, you don't know what all those nerve endings feel like on your penis. And so the next thing would be your anal cavity. And so just let people know that anatomy is real. It is glorious. That's all. So we were talking about consent before we started recording. And I I love this question. Can someone give consent if they are drunk? Does it make a difference if you've been with that person before? Can you give consent if you are drunk? I feel like it depends on... I want to say no. And Ailey, I want to say no, right? Because you don't have to fool this, right? And so legally, no. But you also know your limits. You know when you can still be yourself and when your decisions are not made with your whole person involved. And so I like people's definition to exist with them. I don't like to tell them yes or no. All I say is know your body and know when you can make those choices for yourself. But in an event where you are drunk, I would say, let's just wait until tomorrow, sleep it off and make sure you can make that decision without any possible clarity taken away from you. What's the second part? Does it make a difference if you've been with oh, that no. person? Uh-uh. You get consent every time, I don't care. Nope. Every time, during, after, before, all of that. It doesn't matter. Assault and abuse happen in long-term relationships every day. Just because they gave consent on Tuesday don't mean they gave it on Wednesday. Just because they gave it Monday morning don't mean they gave it in Monday afternoon. You always ask and you always make sure. I look at consent as an agreement. It's not permission. If it's permission, then one person is controlling the whole situation and that's still like not a balance of power. So for me, consent is an agreement. Everyone involved, however many people that is, is agreeing to do these things while we are sharing space together right now for this moment. And when that moment is, then we can start another agreement for something else. Can also but, be rescinded at any time, even absolutely. if you're in the moment in the act, you can absolutely. Say yeah. Yeah. And you can also feel indifferent. You can be excited about trying it, but also nervous at the same time. This enthusiastic yes bullshit is messing everybody up. You ain't always going to be a cheerleader. Some shit is scary, but that doesn't mean you don't want to do it. It's like, it's okay to have multiple emotions at the same time. Again, it's about knowing yourself and trusting yourself in those spaces and just making sure that everybody is making the decision for themselves, not for anybody else. So figuring out what that looks like for each of you and then understanding that you're sharing that version of yourself with everyone. Yeah, I think that consent is such a topic that needs to be discussed more because nobody's taught consent. Mm -hmm. None of us are. And what the fuck is it? You know, like I personally feel like consent really can't be given when you are intoxicated yeah yeah but then again like how often are we even giving consent with regular sex (laughs) i mean i've I've worked with many clients and even in my own personal life when you look back it's like most of my sexual encounters had been intoxicated yeah like how many of those were truly actually consented to and a lot of that is based around this culture of like i'm my true self when my inhibitions are gone and I'm drunk, so that's when I'm really like, me? No, no, that's actually not when you're really you. That's when alcohol takes away your ability to understand what reality is. It's not you, actually. Medically impossible for it to be you. I am here as Erica of Happy Sex Talk, not as an employee of the Ohio State University. So I currently have a job at OSU doing sexual health and violence prevention work through the Student Wellness Center. Just started a month ago. This position has been empty for two years. It's a lot of shit to take on. My goal is it four years to be in the front of these fucking D1 football players having a whole ass conversation. And it ain't just telling them what they can and cannot do because that's what their life is. 
So nobody talking about what reality is for them. That's bullshit. I don't care. I'm gonna find my way. I know where the field is. My office, I look at the shoe every day. I'll find my way to these football players. Trust me. But I think that the issue is that we come to college without any understanding of what consent is. And then we're trying to navigate it as people who have no fucking education about it. And then it gets really fucking scary because people don't know what they're doing. (laughs) And then alcohol is usually involved all the time. And now drugs are involved all the time. So Ohio State is experiencing a big increase of stalking. And they haven't had anybody in this position talking about relationships for fucking two years. So it's like, yo, we have so much work to do. Even just on understanding that like you can't follow people, bro. Like that's not a thing. That's not what you can do. No, like just because they exist and you're attracted to them doesn't mean they're here for you. They're a whole person. You have to get approval to be in their orbit. That's not a thing. Like just understanding consent on a very basic level is going to be a challenge in a lot of spaces. So I encourage you to start that conversation. Even when you think it doesn't matter, you'd be surprised because people don't think about consent. Like I tell my kids, you can't demand people play with you the way you want to play. If you want to play dinosaurs and your friend don't want to play dinosaurs, you got to deal with that. No. What does that feel like? How do we, how do we navigate the no so that you can either decide to play by yourself or figure out what they want to do and meet them in the middle? It's like, it starts that basic level shit, man. Like you just got to be understanding of people and what they need in the moment. If they're voicing it to you, understand that that's a privilege because people don't know how to do that. So having somebody tell you what they need and what their boundaries are is a privilege. You don't deserve that information just because you asked for it, right? And so I think understanding that consent is really like one of the most vulnerable states that we can all be in at any given moment because we're trusting somebody to listen to what we are saying we need. And just started at a very basic level. Are we agreeing to be at coffee together right now? Great. We just experienced consent. We're fucking winning for Wednesday. Like, you know, just make it a thing so that when it gets to this point of like sex and relationships, it's just second nature. And I I love that you you use that example because a lot of what my current work is as an individual Mm -hmm. is practicing the tools and the skills that I've learned in my platonic relationships because... Or, or some of my sexual relationships, you know, when I have them, but it's all about practicing. Yeah. And the only time a lot of us get to practice is in our platonic friendships. Mm-hmm. So asking and sharing vulnerably and having hard conversations, because the more you practice, mm-hmm. the easier all of it gets. Yeah. And so with my kids, I'm my, I don't even hug my husband without asking, because if, I, if I'm just walking up hugging David and I haven't asked and my kids see that that I'm showing them that consent doesn't matter in a very basic. So like we try to be, I don't always do that. Sometimes I'm like, you so cute. I usually am very, very good about asking. My daughter has probably the most beautiful curl pattern I've ever seen in my life. I could just put my hands in her hair at any given moment and be like in heaven. I never do it without asking because it's very basic. Like anybody could do that and not care if that's what you want in this moment. And you need to know that even me as the person who literally got you taken out of my body and birthed you and built your toenails, it's still asking, can I touch your hair? That goes such a long way. And you, and it's like, you don't even really think about it. Well, and kids you know? too, just to add to that quickly, is that if we are denying consent at mm-hmm. that age, by the time they're teenagers, yeah. especially daughters, yeah. they've been told their whole life that their opinion and their Absolutely. consent is not valued yeah, or respected. There, I just saw, um, I don't know if it's Netherlands or Switzerland, but they have sex ed. And they both. Yeah. And so they literally tell their little one before they're changing their diaper, I'm going to change your diaper before they even understand language yet to start that conversation Mm -hmm. around consent. Like, literally, nobody should touch your body without consent. Yeah. (laughs) We've got a couple more questions here. The next one is I love lube. Actually, a random fact before I continue reading. I love random facts. Most women prefer sex with a lube. But I always clam up when sleeping with someone new when discussing it. How do I get better? I wonder if that's because they worry that the partner is not going to like them for liking lube. If that's the case, they shouldn't be in your orbit. You deserve better. If somebody's mad at you for appreciating your vaginal health, then they're just not a great person, I feel like. Or uneducated. Or, I mean, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's possible too. But also like, yeah, they should definitely be in support of that. It's also good for them too. So this is how I'm gonna break this down. This is what I say. So whenever you get done having sex, if you pee right after you feel a little burning sensations, y'all get, you feel them? Those are the little micro cuts that happen in your vagina just from movement and friction. 
Because if you don't use lube, it happens naturally. It doesn't matter. It ain't about how rough the sex was, how sensual it was. It doesn't matter. It always happens because that tissue inside is really, really sensitive. So lube prevents that from happening. It doesn't prevent it. I shouldn't say that. It may still happen, but it at least will heal faster and it won't be as, the cuts won't be as deep and it won't sting as much. And it's just better for your vaginal health in general. So water-based is good for everyday kind of use. Silicone is good for multiple rounds, booty play. It's like, it ain't coming off till you're done. It's not, it's a wear and tear type of lube. Silicone is there for a very long time. So enjoy that. Water, don't use it with do, condoms. Yeah. Right. And water, you can't go in the shower with water-based lube. It'll wash off because it's, it's water-based. So that would also be silicone. If you are trying to fuck in the shower, you need silicone because then it'll stay. A lot of times we don't actually have conversations before we have sex. We just have sex. And yeah. so it's like, we should be having conversations around Absolutely. this as well. Like, hey, I really enjoy that. I really love using lube. Mm-hmm. We're going to use it, you know, like... Yeah. And journal about this. Talk about this with yourself. Talk about it with your friends. I literally talk in the mirror when I get uncomfortable with things. Like, mm-hmm. and I have conversations in my head with myself to help me get comfortable with it. It's also easier to like leave it right by the bed and be in like, I need this. This is going to make things so much better. It's going to make a like sex longer if we want it to or mm-hmm. not. A lot of times people are like, I think they're afraid to talk, to speak up because they're afraid what the partner is going to think of them. So it's like the shame spiral thing of like, Oh, I'm not wet enough or I'm not turned on enough by them or whatever. And it's literally just saying it. And I guarantee you, once you say it, and if they have a reaction that's negative, they're not your people. But if you just say it, you are nine times out of 10. Life is just going to get so much easier for you if you just say, I like lube and we're going to use it. And it, I don't care what you think. Lube is life. Yeah. Period. So our last question of the night what do you think is holding women back from having pleasure? Because we don't, we weren't taught to have autonomy over our bodies. That I think as women, we are nurturers, we're caretakers, we do everything for everybody else. And so when it comes to our pleasure and what we want, sometimes can be hard for us. And also there's a lot of men out there who think that we're objects and that we owe them something. And that's not the case. The patriarchy really hurts men too. Like their emotions get shut down. Their pleasure gets shut down in a sense too. It's like we are human beings and we are meant to connect. We are meant to have deep connections with each other. Community and connection is really what we thrive on. And so holding ourselves back from pleasure. Also women not being able to talk about their pleasure, not even knowing what they like, what they need, what they... Yeah. I mean, how many of y'all have taken a mirror and actually looked at your Volvo lately? But I do think too, like we don't have, there's a disconnect with us in our own bodies. And that disconnect is based in like, for example, if you were curious and exploring your body as a child, instantly, if you got caught, you were chastised, you were yelled at, you were shamed, you were told that's not what you do. But why? Because y'all are uncomfortable as the adults with the adult lens, looking at a child, just exploring their body. There's nothing wrong with a child touching their own body. Literally, what's supposed to happen? That's natural childhood development. What you do is tell them when to do that. It's okay to do it in private. It's not okay to do it in the middle of the grocery store. Okay. Can we do that at home? All right. Do you have questions? That's fine. We can talk about it at home. Dia be like, Mom, my vulva hurt. Girl, we are at Sam's Club. Can we do this another time? You know, so like just having this conversation and this balance of like, it's okay to love your body. Because we're all unlearning the trauma from being yelled at as kids or being told that that's not what we're supposed to do. Men are allowed to do. Boys are allowed to screw whoever they're supposed to screw. But apparently it ain't us because we ain't supposed to be having sex. So I'm not sure who they're supposed to be fucking because I understand people can love who they love. But the general assumption is that people are hetero. So then the question is, so you telling half of us, go for it. Do you. Boys will be boys. Also, don't open your legs. Your skirt's too short. Your boobs is showing. How about nobody made clothes for my body when my boobs showed up? My boobs came in fourth grade. Nobody's making clothes for a fourth grader that got titties. There was no training bra. It went from none to a C. What y'all doing for that? So the clothes is going to look mysterious because ain't nobody making clothes for a fourth grader with C, with C size boobs, man. The shit don't fit the same. Instead of, instead of telling the kids that there was something's wrong with their body, just talk about what doesn't exist for us. So like having you, we're unlearning all of that as adults, especially as women. And we're also not told that sex is for us. We're not told that sex is for pleasure. Sex is for procreation. 
or you don't do it. And you said earlier, like disconnected from our bodies. How many times did we learn songs like knees, heads and oh, toes, but we never, never said our genitals never or, even like, or even like mindfulness practices. Mm-hmm. We do body scans and they mm-hmm. never say, oh, what is going on around in your vulva or your sacral area? Like kind of thing. We tear a frog to shit, but we don't talk about our own body yep. parts. I don't know why I dissected a frog. That was sad. Frog didn't need that. I don't care about the frog's fucking anatomy. Can we talk about why my body is doing things that it's doing? Can we have that conversation? Why am I dissecting a frog? What is that going to do for my life? Nothing. If you take, like, <laughs> you coming here, I want everybody when they leave here to not call their vagina a vagina anymore. I call it a vulva. It's a vulva. Because this is a vulva. And I think by calling a vagina, it's also erasing what it actually is mm-hmm. and that you have access to it. It's yours. You have permission to touch it. You have to permission to, like, do whatever you want with it. I mean, unless you're talking about your vagina. Didn't call it a vagina. Yes, that's inside. Outside <laughs> of the vulva. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we don't even have language for our own body parts. And so the pleasure almost gets erased in that area as well. The clitoris also is really big. Do y'all know that? Y'all know how big the clitoris is in real life? It's like a wishbone. It's big. Show us your mug. Shit, y'all are right. Here it is. That's it. That's how big it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, go ahead. You in the middle. That's it, baby. So the part that you see is this little tab right here. All of this is in your labia. That's why your labia is so important. So when people are, that's why I say the question about, yes, the question about a small penis or not being able to give head is to just teach them how to give head. I want the big penis and the head. Why can't I have it all? I can have it all. Y'all weren't here for that. You deserve to have it all. You deserve to have it all. But yeah, so know your body. Enjoy it. Well, ladies, thank you guys for joining me today to have this podcast recording. (laughs) I really appreciate you sitting down and answering all of our yeah, community questions. questions. So, real quick, where can the listeners find you at? Oh, yeah. Happy Sex Talk. H A P P E, Sex Talk, all one word on all the places. Yep. yep. I'm Oh Yeah Coaching on all the places. <laughs> Y'all know where to find me at. This podcast is sponsored by Intimacy Coaching by Jordan Janelle. Have you ever desired more from your sex life? or feel like you're having good sex but curious about how to make it even better? Are you desiring a deeper intimate connection with yourself? Or maybe you are dealing with desire and arousal concerns or struggling with communicating your desires with your partner. If you're hearing this and thinking, hmm, that might be me and you're curious to learn a bit more, Let's chat. I would love to talk with you more to see if working with me is a good fit for you. To learn more about intimacy coaching with Jordan Donnell, go to coaching.jordandonnell.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.